Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1240. I droid, not I robot, (laughs) importantly. I droid is the fourth legend of Luke Skywalker that we're going to look at today. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and there is as much authenticity and objectivity in the story that we're about to talk about today than in any of the ones I think that we're going to cover here in The Legends of Luke Skywalker, which is the book that is part of the Journey to the Last Jedi publishing initiative that was kindly sent to me by Disney Lucasfilm Press. Thank you so much. And I think that Well, let's back up, actually, and say that this is a full spoiler podcast. So if you don't want to hear the scoop, then save it for a later date. And if you do, let's just get into it. So in one of the interludes where the deckhands of the Wayward Current, which is the ship heading to Canto Bight, so they've been swapping Luke Skywalker stories, and there's a droid named G2X who has also apparently heard a story about Luke Skywalker who says, I never met the droid whose story I'm about to tell, but let me repeat to you her words, which have been passed from droid to droid around the galaxy without change. All right. So can droids do this? I think if any new creature or being automaton, what have you, if anyone is going to be able to transmit a story without change across the galaxy, it would be a droid. And yet, and yet, obviously, Things can get corrupted. Memories can get corrupted over time, even for droids. So uh, I wouldn't necessarily take that as a fully 100% true statement. But be that as it may, here's the deal. Our storyteller is a Z7 series construction droid. And he's out working, or she's out working, excuse me. She's out working with a bunch of other droids. And suddenly a bunch of pirates show up and capture all of these droids. And head out to the unknown regions where they're going to some planet that stuff needs to be mined from and the atmosphere and the environment is just too hostile for human beings or other organic life forms to be in. So these pirates have been finding and stealing droids all over you know, nearby star systems and bringing them to this place called the Gem, which is the orbiting space station, where ultimately these droids are transferred down to the surface to work and the conditions are so harsh down there that all the droids are basically done for. They're just going to be you know, reduced to useless scrap within months just by being in the environment that they're shipping them into. So it's just a death sentence for those droids. And Zeta, who is our heroine, the construction droid, 
gets a chance to not do that. In fact, because of her being a construction droid, she ends up making a very good enforcer type of droid. And so they attach, you know, additional stuff to her that overrides her circuits where she wouldn't necessarily be, you know, kind or, you know, thoughtful to other droids or anything like that programmatically. Instead, she would be cruel programmatically and there was nothing that she could do about it. And so her job is basically to keep the other droids in line as they're shifting through mind material to collect or that the folks in the gem, all the rich people, are selling off to other parts of the galaxy in order to you know, get more droids in for the mining of these materials. Now, the place that they're going down to, this orange mist-shrouded planet where you know, there are no features to be discerned at all, they refer to it as the deep, and that is all we get. So we do also know that it's in the unknown region, so... There's not really a hint of it being tied with the First Order per se, but you would have to kind of put two and two together and think, hmm, I wonder if the First Order is supporting some of this. But here's the thing. Here's where it gets interesting. One of the droids that's been captured to go work in the deep is none other than our favorite astromech droid, R2-D2. And why he's here, why he's gotten caught up in this, we have no idea, although it's strongly suggested that this is another one of Luke's nutball schemes, right? Because then later on, another group of droids has been captured and the uh, folks at the gem are inspecting it. And um, somebody says, what an odd machine. And the Zeta droid says, I shared her opinion. The droid was shaped like a protocol droid, but instead of this felt figure sported by most protocol droids, the arms, legs, and torso of this droid were all much thicker than usual, as though he had been pumped full of pressurized gas or was modeled on a particularly muscular human. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, one of the uh, the folks running the gem says, he's seen some use. Look at the mismatched copper plating in the arms, and in so many places, the skin plates look loose, a bit misshapen, don't you think? And another one says, probably suffered a lot of abuse. And what a ridiculous paint job. Why would anyone paint five red stripes on a protocol droid's arms? Now that is a rather odd detail. And of course, it's meant to make you think of the stripes on Luke's X-Wing fighter, which are also referred to in the Fishing in the Deluge story, that as Aya is you know, tumbling out of the air and is about to be rescued by Luke's X-Wing fighter, she sees you know the giant X-Wings and the five stripes on each of the wings before she passes out. So I thought it was interesting that we had the five stripes references in two different places. It does kind of make you wonder in the telling of the story whether in this case since the Zeta droid is telling this story after the Aya story um, whether they're cross-pollinating each other's stories at this point anyway to get down to it so R2-D2 has been working in the mines for a while and is despondent dejected is not doing well after his initial defiance like he, all that's been worn down and the protocol droid shows up this weird protocol droid and says, R2, I'm here. Sorry it took me so long. And you start to wonder, is this another one of Luke's harebrained schemes where he sent R2 ahead as, you know, one person to get inside the operation and now he's showing up to get inside this operation and Lando and Chewie had to be like, look, we did that once for you. We're not doing that again. Forget it. And same thing with Leia, right? I mean, she didn't necessarily 
participate in the Jabba the Hutt scam the same way, but it ultimately worked out to be the same thing. Um, anyway, R2 and Luke end up freeing all the droids and figuring out how to bypass the parody gates that are making the droids be so subservient and cruel even. And ultimately, they end up capturing and taking over the gem. Now, it says here that the goal is for Luke to be dropping off the lords and ladies of the gem with the authority so they could be put on trial. And that Luke was also going to uh, take everyone back to their home worlds on the pirate ship that stole all the droids from the worlds that they had been on. So that is kind of interesting in and of itself that he is going around rescuing a bunch of droids. I mean, I think there had to have been more to it than that. And there was something going on with the whole gem station, not just that they were stealing droids. And I can't imagine that Luke was going to get out of bed for just, you know, a droid stealing operation, right? I think it had to have been something much more nefarious and we don't necessarily know what it is yet. But until we do, in the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break and then we're going to wrap this story up with a couple more thoughts on the legitimacy, objectivity, veracity of the story. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Nissan and their Master the Drive sweepstakes going on now through November 27th. You can enter for the chance to win your own personalized ride inspired by Star Wars The Last Jedi. Plus, you and three friends could get tickets to the opening night screening of The Last Jedi at the world-famous El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles and, and a limited edition Executioner Trooper collectible helmet. All you have to do to enter is go to NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to customize a Star Wars inspired Nissan vehicle. Again, that's NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars to enter. And last but not least, here are the legal details. Deep breath. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Contest ends November 27, 2017. You must be 18 years or older to enter. It's for residents of the 50 U.S. states and Washington, D.C. only. Entries, rules, and odds are at NissanUSA.com slash Star Wars and it's void where prohibited. Welcome back. All right, so toward the end of the story, this um, uh, Z-series robot, the Zeta robot that they have been focused on as our narrator, had a couple of its arms unattached and different arms attached to it. And so once all the drama has died down, Luke attaches new um, construction arms to Zeta and says, you know, like, the other droid says, they felt strange and I flexed the appendages uncertainly. Luke says, you'll get used to them. I know how it feels. He flexed his right hand covered by a glove, the narrative says, in addition to that. And so, of course, that is meant for us to go, oh, he is looking at Luke flexing a glove and saying something about, you know, artificial appendages. So that's supposed to be Luke, right? Well, once again, you have to wonder how much the galaxy actually knows about Luke Skywalker is it common knowledge that he had his hand cut off by Vader or just had it cut off at some point? We don't know how <laughs> or the galaxy at large doesn't know how and that he has a robotic hand that had to be installed to replace his organic hand. Like, is that widely known knowledge? Because if it is, then it throws an additional layer of doubt onto Zeta's story that it might just be something that has gotten worked in over time and Zeta's memory is just quirky you know, I mean, we saw what a quirky droid can be in the in the Rogue One, a Star Wars story movie with K2SO, right? So just because it's a droid narrator doesn't necessarily mean it's a reliable narrator is what I would say here. 
And again, I mean, at this point, I'm willing to believe this one more than I'm not willing to believe it, right? I'm more inclined to trust the veracity of something a droid is saying. There's no indication in the entirety of the book, in the interludes or anything like that, that there are any weird uh, behavioral tics or cognitive impairments or anything like that with the droids. So I have a feeling that this is a legitimate straight-up story and that there's more information to it than we necessarily know that would probably highlight more of the more of the veracity of the story right give us give us more to latch on to and say all right yeah i buy this i buy this but i think there probably is enough there for us to buy and it's just not a complete story not that ken didn't finish it just that it doesn't tell us the whole story of whatever was going on because zeta's perspective is limited all right that is going to do it for today's podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before your scopes go dead and you start the landing cycle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'd be spectacularly grateful if you put a little something in the tip jar at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not a slimy mud hole, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.